One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The Square Ball Podcast. To buy the Squareball magazine, get back issues and podcasts, visit thesquareball.net. This time in the Squareball podcast, we're dazzled by the magic of the FA Cup until we remember how the old witch has treated us in the past. And we're all getting spellbound by our promotion chances. But will our transfer window targets turn into Frog, like Lubo, or Beautiful Princess, like Kilkenny? Hello, welcome to the Squareball podcast, number 22. Uh, I'm not alone in this studio. With me here, Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White. Hi there. And Oddie. Hello. Do get in touch with us then. You can email us via podcast at thesquareball.net. Find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash thesquareball and twitter.com forward slash thesquareball. Right, we won't hang about. Let's get straight into the white watching. Two very important and big games for different reasons that we've uh, we've had in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the trip to Arsenal, obviously we all know about that one, and the win at the weekend against Scunthorpe. Where do we want to start on this? The Arsenal game, probably. Makes sense. Let's yeah. do that then. Why not? Oddie, before the Arsenal game, you said in the last podcast that the best we can hope for is a draw, and you were about right, but we got closer than we thought. We got quite close. About 20 minutes in, we were thinking that, we were happy not to be 4-0 down, as we thought we might be. Yeah, I mean, they were the better team throughout, and when we got the penalty, it was against the run of play and everything, but we we defended well, and we certainly didn't disgrace ourselves, which is all any of us were, were really hoping for. Well, to smash in a footballing cliche, it was a classic backs-to-the-walls performance. Well, why don't we always defend like that? It was amazing. I mean, it, there, were a couple, there was a few times, whenever O'Brien and Bruce had to turn around, and one of Arsenal's players was maybe jogging, there was a real moment of... <laughs> of realisation of how slow those lumbering donkeys really were. But as long as they didn't have to do that, and even when they were made to turn around, they always got the tackles in, and they defended like lions. Slow, slow, <laughs> fat lions. Not, <laughs> not fat. Not fat. But um, slow lions, certainly. It's worth mentioning as well, in terms of the defence, that if Arsenal had better strikers, we wouldn't have won that game. And we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have drawn that game. How does Nicholas Bentner, doesn't he... Isn't he engaged to a Danish princess or something? He's like hobnobs with royalty on the back of what a good footballer he is. No, I think the way he played, I think he's a Danish princess. <laughs> Going back to what you just said, Michael, that's like turning around, turning around and saying, well, if we had worse defenders, they would have won. But they didn't, did they? You can only play what's put in front of you, and we did. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure Arsenal fans share that frustration. Well, they didn't seem happy about anything they didn't seem alive did they to be no. fair what a horrible ground it's worth mentioning that I know it, I know it's technically nice and everything but it's really spacious and comfortable which is wrong for an away end an away end should be horrid well we had, we were remarking about the wooden seats at Burnley and I think that was quite an enjoyable experience being yeah it just felt it felt far too comfortable did you have a panini while you were there salad no those prices you tried the noodle bar <laughs> But every seat's padded and it's just not right. Handcrafted pies, were they £4 each? Is that correct? 
I didn't, I didn't even look at it. Mind you, they sell them for <laughs> £2.70 at Ellen Road, so... Um, Are they handcrafted or just... Machine-crafted, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go turn around to uh, you, Oddie, and Michael, because you, you popped down on the uh, on the train for this one. Nice early start. Let's start with the really important business of the day. That was the the cruel theft of your uh, of your cider, Michael. An, an appalling state of affairs. What kind of a country are we living in? <laughs> well, you can't drink on public transport anymore. <laughs> yeah, I turned, up, I turned up at the station about half seven and there were British transport police stopping us getting on the train with booze. So I drank two Magnus in the space of about six minutes, which gave me a horrible stomachache for the first hour of the train journey. Uh, ah, well. It, it ruined my day, to be honest. I, I couldn't get over it after that. Even when the penalty went in, I was still thinking about it. And what was it like having a nice day out in London, you know, seeing the streets paved with gold and all that? Did you go to Madame Tussauds? We did everything. Did you see yeah. the Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it was all right. Very busy in the pub. Queued for ages. I couldn't get a drink all day. It was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming across a bit George Best here, but it was, ah, it was a decent enough day. And the fact that I had to get off the train to give you your train tickets as well. Yeah, they were enforcing ticket checks at Wakefield as well, which is unheard of. Normally no, it's I, OK. Normally I don't pay it's for okay. them. <laughs> <laughs> I just get on at Wakefield. So back to the back to the stuff on the field then. Uh, fantastic team performance though, wasn't it? Very reminiscent of that backs to the wall period again in uh, Old Trafford a year ago. It wasn't as good as the Old Trafford performance because I, I thought I think then we did enough to win it, whereas this time round we we didn't. If we're perfectly honest, we didn't do enough to win the game, but we you know we took our chance and I suppose in the end Becchio's header could have gone in and snotty at a free kick that was fairly close. But I mean in the balance of play they had the most of it, especially when they brought the big guns on late on. Yeah, it I, was I, a bit. I, do you know what my my thought watching it on the TV? I thought it's brilliant that we've gone ahead. Could we not have just left it 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer? Mm. Maybe, you know, towards the last minute. That would have been a little bit easier on the heart because uh, for a game that I thought, oh, we're not really going to do that much in it, I'm not that bothered. By the end, I was pacing up and down. I watched most of it from a standing position in my living room. Although I was thinking about this, and it's sort of nice to be able to just play them again because had we beaten them, we'd have just had Huddersfield at home, which is nowhere near as good as getting to play Arsenal at home. So, we, so I mean, That's we, certainly we, Ken's opinion anyway. We sort, of, we sort of get another good draw out of it, is one way of looking at it. And is it a sad economic reality that it's great getting a replay? I mean, we we joked about Ken Bates rubbing his hands at the prospect of a replay, but in actual genuine financial terms, it's a really good thing for Leeds to have this replay, isn't it? Well, it's a good thing for George McCartney, who's <laughs> seems to have benefited personally. <laughs> Had we lost, he'd have been festering in the uh, reserves at Sunderland. Yes, he would. I feel a bit sorry for Ben Parker. Ben Parker did well against um, <clears throat> against the diving Walcott and uh, and all the other all the other lads. He didn't look too. Um, we didn't look out of his depths, which I think we're all a bit concerned. I was I was annoyed at the reaction in. online as well, particularly by some people on Wacko slating him for getting done by Walcott. I mean, he's like, there's a guy who's <laughs> the speed of an Olympic sprinter. You know what I mean? Give him a break. And he's played how many minutes of football in the last year? Yeah, the fact that you're yeah. counting it in minutes rather than games. There, yeah. there are Champions League fullbacks who get regularly done by Walcott. When he, he had the ball and he came out, he looked very comfortable. Played well. He looked fine, and it's pleased to have him. I've been back. In the reserves now that McCartney's come yeah. back. <laughs> At least we don't need Bersoni. We'll never have to see him again. It'd be a sad, sad day when we do. Mention for O'Brien and Bruce then. Fantastic defensive performance, as we've just mentioned. Why don't they do it every week? But, you know, vomiting at half-time seems to be uh, the way to ensure that you're going to keep a clean sheet, almost. Well, not a clean sheet. A vomit it's vomited covered. all over yeah. it. A vomit stain <laughs> sheet, yeah. That's a bizarre habit, isn't it? It is. They are our preferred um, centre-back pairing. I, think I like we... the Carpenters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you take it from there. 
Oh, I think we said last time that we we wanted um, O'Brien and Bruce in ahead of uh, X plus Collins because it seems that was when everything's going wrong. Was when Bruce was out bringing back against Arsenal and suddenly we're uh, we've got a Premier League defence. It did beg the question: what, Why has Collins been playing then when you see the pair of them together? Because Bruce can't drive. Because <laughs> Alex Bruce crashed his car, didn't he? And then hurt himself, so he had to have a bit of a time off. He tried to play, got substituted eventually. Why is that what all that was about? Yeah, he he cracked his head, crashing his car on the M1. So he had a little bit of a break, advanced driving skills, go around some cones in a a Mini Cooper. Promise not to do it again. Yeah, all that stuff. Just another thing as well, the Arsenal ground, Yeah, uh, municipal toilets outside. I've never seen that before. Leeds and Arsenal fans are all going in together. And I I bet the Arsenal fans have never seen quite so many people pissing in sinks. (laughs) No, there was a a definite north-south, a definite north-south divide as well. Leeds fans just bypassing the queue and going straight for the sinks. That's what you get for building a nice stadium. Northern monkeys. (laughs) Anything else we can draw from the day, really, or was it just sort of a bit of a fun day out? How to defend? Did it um, lead you to any conclusions about the Premier League next season, possibly? Yes, it did. Away trips might be a bit boring. And expensive. And expensive. Yeah. But the seats will be nicer. And the food. And more leg room. I'm what? sure Ken could have squeezed about another ten rows in that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> padded seats? Brand. What are they? Padded seats? As from? well, the away end, it doesn't sit right with me that there's the corporate, this is going to sound weird, the corporate ring around <laughs> the middle. Yeah. And then, so you get away fans above and below it, and yeah. then a bit around the middle like Wembley, and that's just not right for an away end. You wouldn't want to be in the box there, really, would you? No. Or the ring. On to Scunthorpe then, uh, the Saturday after. Not quite the glamorous tie that we enjoyed the previous week at the Emirates, but pretty easy win, wasn't it? It was routine, didn't get out of second gear. Well, we'd, we'd said that that was the danger, that we came away from Old Trafford last year thinking, routine league game, let's just stroll through it, and it ended up uh, getting our pants pulled right down. Whereas Scunthorpe, it was Leeds doing the pants pulling yeah, they were, four they times. Were. I mean, we were so comfortable for the whole game. It was um, it was a bigger golfing class than us and Arsenal. Is one thing you can say. They just looked. I mean, they were they were very short of ideas. They had this kind of same system where the defenders would pass it to each other a few times, then a midfielder, then back to the defender, and one of them would hoof it. And generally, O'Brien had just head it to to a full back, and that was it. I think it told a story in the uh, post match interviews when you hear the Scunthorpe manager, whose name I don't even know, disrespectfully. Ian Barraclough. Is think. it? Um, and he was just sort of went. Ah, well, Leeds are a bit good, aren't they? Nothing we can do about that. <laughs> but didn't Scunthorpe come with the best away record in the history of football or something? We just didn't give it any mind at all. <laughs> this, yeah, well, I think Phil Parkinson could learn a lesson from him. What, humility? Uh, yeah, in yeah. his post-match interviews. Having a job as well. <laughs> that that would help. Another game where the goals were spread right across the team as well. Nice to see Watt, who's sort of drifted back into contention again now. Lovely turn and finish. Uh, Gradle. Cheeky little Gradles are brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I love to see a man forcing another man to fall over just with his with his <laughs> mind. <laughs> so uh, what's sort of drifted back into contention as a summer? He's now come off the bench at the Emirates, which must mean that he's back in contention, and he comes on again and scores against Scunthorpe and a nice finish. And a word uh, of sympathy for my mate who had um, what first score of three nil, seventy five to one, only a quid on it, but then Sommer came off the bench and ruined it for oh, him. Serves him right for putting a quid on as well. <laughs> David Sommer, if you've got any sort of heart at all, 
write a check. <laughs> you know what to do. So it's nice to see him score. I think everybody thought that, except Ross McCormack. Yeah, possibly. he did look a bit, and probably Painter as well, after he'd blocked his shot on the line a few minutes before. But I don't know. He, he, McCormack did pull it round. He did kind of realise what had happened after after the ball had been in the net for a few seconds. I hate you, but well done. <laughs> he was doing that thing of running through in space where he really thought, all it needs is a cross. And he I was going to score, yeah. and he had his arms in, his, in the air already. <laughs> screaming for the ball and when he just shot and scored it was more of a you didn't bloody pass it rather than a 4 nil leads <laughs> That's a, it's, a, it's a good instinct for a striker to have the, the selfishness the awareness thing. it is and I think that the sound beating that both uh, McCormack and Painter probably dealt out to Summer on their Sunday morning will just <laughs> good for team building I feel a bit sorry for Painter he's, he looks like he is desperate for a goal and he played alright when he came on but I'm not sure he's going to be quite good enough I think if Becchio's not fit for um, the Arsenal replay, I hope it's not seen as like Painter's big chance because I'd rather have one of our good players <laughs> <laughs> up against. Um, although Arsenal's <coughs> defenders are, do have their own sort of comedy comedy stylings. Is it um, Squillacci that sort of looks like a bit of a French intellectual? He plays like one as well. Crapley, unless there's a French intellectual that's really good at football. Is the fact that we're making Arsenal's defence look a little bit average and their attack look quite blunt, really, is is that a sign of how far we've come in the last year and confidence has grown in the squad? I think we've improved the team, yes. We've gone downhill, we beat Man U last year. <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> Grace and out. <laughs> and the fact that we can then come home and just roll Scunthorpe right over, um, we do seem to be a bit, uh, a bit tougher than we were last season. People are worried about the cup becoming a, a distraction like it, it possibly was last year but this seemed to perhaps have a bit more sense this year. Plus um, even Bradley Johnson scored so things are obviously going our way. Plus was it the League One thing last year? We had to get out of that league it was an imperative which is more important than the Cup. Yeah. I was listening to Talk Sport on the way home from the game and their match summariser I, I think proved he hadn't been at the game because he said that um, Johnson scored from 15, 16 yards. Yeah, I heard that. He's about 25 yards yeah. out at least. <laughs> Yeah, the area is eighteen, isn't it? That's just basic maths. So I, just, I thought he's he's not been at the game, has he? He's just been following it on the internet and he's seen the goal. Watching it on teletext. Yeah. And he, he, the other goals, he went. Gradle scored. That's a good good goal. Someone scored. Oh, <laughs> nice nice finish. <laughs> so yeah, talk sport. Watch our games properly. Well, do you know that Talksport, um, their Ashes correspondent, um, I think is it Jack Bannister it was, because um, I'm often driving around late at night for reasons we won't go into, um, <laughs> with the radio on. <laughs> the, no, don't say it. Still at large. <laughs> they, um, they were cutting across to Jack, uh, who's watching the Ashes for them, but it was just in a different studio and they were playing outside noises like an outside uh, sound effects CD in the background to simulate the fact that it was outdoors but he was just watching it on the telly we should try that should we do that just get some sound effects in filmed in front of a uh, recorded studio audience I'd get applause at that point canned <laughs> laughter that's what we need canned laughter that's the stuff taken care of on the pitch. Off the pitch then, quick congratulations to Simon Grayson for winning Manager of the Month. There's not a great deal more we can add to that other than well done, Simon. Enjoy the champers. Uh, don't curse us, that's all we ask. Uh, straight on to the transfers in and out then with the transfer window open. Quite a lot to get through as you might expect. Ins and outs, let's do the outs first. No real surprises. Andy Fainer offered a, a contract extension. He did look slow. And old. I think he, he probably was given his contract initially to try and prove his fitness and 
he hasn't. So, oh well, best of luck. Good luck in your future career as a as a as a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of probably more significance, at least financially, uh, Lubo Mikulic, another one to have his contract cancelled. It seems we can't get rid of these players without some sort of cancellation payoff. Uh, when did we actually last sell a player for money, for cash? Delph. Was it Delph? And since then, and really probably before then as well, we've just been... I'm not trying to suggest Leeds United becomes a selling club. Well, factor, factor Delph out of it quickly because that was one of your crown jewel big offer yeah type things um when was the last time we sold a player just a run-of-the-mill player for for money did we get a fee for Derry, or did he just go as well i think he might have been out of contract it does seem to be our way now that we just we we sign these players and then just either use them until until we've abused them too much and then just let them rot until they eventually leave that is the way of the lower leagues now though i mean you look at our team and a lot of those are free players and the Perfectly good. They just the face doesn't fit when managers change and people just move on. So I don't know. I, I think Mikulik's been a little bit unlucky. He's not been dreadful when he's come in. Um, he had a bad start after high expectations, but I, I don't know. I think he he could have done a job for us maybe. But I think that's why I wonder why we couldn't sell him like Robinson as well last summer. Is when they still had a year to go, and even just for twenty five thousand pounds, just as some kind of token fee to say that they're they're worth something. Not is it just... also, this is the wages thing, though, isn't it? This is the you'll be able to touch him on those wages. Yeah. So we pay off his wages, and then he gets to go wherever he likes. Well, or Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one who's going to haunt us forever more now is Crow and Bassoni. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether we ever get rid of them or whether they will just linger. Well, Bassoni's not had his second chance yet, has he? Maybe he can gonna... go, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> He's got two and a half years still to, to have that second chance. <laughs> Paid off by Christmas. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing about the fair deal. If we took him on a six-month contract, we're not spending 10, 12, 15 grand a week on him yeah. for three years uh, without getting anything back. It would be nice to think that sort of getting Mikulik and, and Robinson and and then and, uh, Sheehan, who's not long gone, sort of gradually getting the... the uh, Chaff? Yeah, I was going to say fluff out of our belly button um, <laughs> that's remained since the McAllister era. would say that we've learnt something, but then Crow is um, is probably going to be... And Bassoni are the recent sort of replacements. So, I don't know, it makes me feel a, bit, a little bit uneasy. But Moving. best wishes to Lubo, who... Uh, yeah, he's never who, done anything really wrong for us. Well, really. apart from ducking out of every header that a six-foot-five defender should have won very easily. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but other than that, no, he, he was, um, he's a decent chap and... and not a bad defender. I hope he fails miserably at Carlisle because not a, not a good club. McCartney uh, comes back on loan till the end of the season, thanks to us playing Arsenal. Yeah. Um, we spoke at reasonable length last uh, last time we uh, spoke on the podcast, saying was he worth the investment? Clearly, Simon Grayson thinks he is. And he's a decent player. As I said last time, if we're paying a fortune for him, I'm not sure he's he's worth it. But you never know what deal's been done, and we might only be paying five grand of his wages, in which case he's good value. It's a tricky one, because I think we'd quite like... Uh, sentiment says we'd like Ben Parker to be our permanent left-back and for him to be Tony DiRigo. But if we did just go with Parker for the rest of the season, that would mean the only cover is Bassoni. And if you're going to sign a left-back on loan, it's difficult to sign somebody and say, we want you because you're slightly worse than Ben Parker, just in case he gets hurt. So all you can really do is, is sign a player who's better than what we've got. And technically, that's... Seems to be the case. That's George McCartney. Maybe it'll just give um, 
Parker a chance to get fit rest of the season and it means that we aren't going to uh, have to watch Bassani. It'll probably benefit Ben Parker having a, a full pre-season, no doubt. Um, someone else who is in, uh, for a little longer anyway, Ramon Nunez is extended until the end of the season off at the uh, the Confederates Cup or whatever it's called. Is some, it? some sort of cup. So, uh, the cup abroad. Um, scored a good Foreign goal. cup. He's scored with... a good goal, didn't he? So... He scored a good goal and looks, um, as ever, great on YouTube. I think that might be the highlights, at least the second half. He looked... Um, he was running rings around uh, the distinctly um, below-average uh, Costa Rica side that he were up against. Well, that Not... ended up being on his greystone. Raymond Nunes. <laughs> he looked good on YouTube. <laughs> but he uh, does. He looks like he, he's got that kind of um, "I'm just going to get the ball and run around everybody" thing that uh, is probably completely unsuited to um, uh, well, Dower Yorkshire. <laughs> <football. laughs> All right. Well, good luck to him. I, I, I look forward to seeing how this one unfolds for him as he beds into the squad and uh, if he ever comes home. I mean, yeah, he's spent half the time since we signed him swanning around in various international tournaments, which I think is um, why there's a perception he's not really got going at Leeds yet. So maybe he's coming in, uh, Prattley. From Swansea, should we be scared of players from coming from Swansea? Andy Robinson, Bassoni. It's not worked out well so far. Um, Third time lucky, maybe. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm I'm not going to pretend to know a great deal about Swansea's midfield, but would he be good? We do need, we definitely need some more central midfield players because if Johnson is on his way out, as as his transfer status would suggest, and Kilkenny's obviously not about at the moment, uh, we are a bit thin there. Grayson's been mentioning it, hasn't he? He's been dropping the idea of of getting some midfielders into. Um, into interviews, but yes, the Swansea connection does fill me with. And also, he's been a, um, a target for the Boo Boys at Swansea. Is the the headline I, I scanned on a Google search earlier? Um, they've not been very. He's not been very popular there due to some kind of contract dispute. So it does sound a bit like we're swapping Bradley Johnson for um, a slightly worse Welsh version. One of our splitters for one of their splitters. Yeah, basically. Why not? Scab uh, for a scab. <laughs> couple of weeks left of the. Transfer window, I'm looking forward to it closing, to be honest. It is just a hassle. Yeah. And then the speculation can begin for the summer. Uh, something we spoke about on Podcast 21 was the ticket prices. We mentioned them at some length. We devoted a whole section of the show to it. Concession tickets for Arsenal, 25 quid. I mean, should we just all arrive at Ellen Road with others on for milking? It's expensive. It is, it's a dear do. And um, it's on the telly, and there is a uh, there's a, a strong argument for just watching it on the telly and going to a league game instead. Mm. Notice that um, Arsenal couldn't sell all their um, allocated tickets and didn't take up the cheese wedge, which, considering that we were oversubscribed for their, their away end, um, and ignoring the fact that it's a Wednesday night, it's a long way and it's on the telly, sort of suggests that... Um, Leeds United's fan base has more disposable income to spend on the football than Arsenal's fan base, which is an interesting inversion of a common stereotype. The stay stay away wankers. (laughs) (laughs) Their season tickets are about 900 quid. Don't undermine my... (laughs) This is detailed economic analysis. I have seen uh, it suggested that we have the most expensive kids' tickets in the world. I want in the world. In the world, I want to put this theory Quite to the test. Understand your standard tickets, not like your expensive corporate mm. things. I'd be interested to put that one to the test and see if anybody who is listening could tell us if they know of any kids' tickets that are more expensive than ours. Well, there aren't many leagues that are more expensive than than the English leagues, and there um, there aren't any kids' tickets that are more outrageously priced than Ellen Road's. So there could be something in that. You, we'll could, you could go and see you could see two years worth of Barcelona for the price of one Leeds United game. I was just going to say for the Arsenal game, I, th- I do agree with the um, decision to make it a Category A match though, because it actually is. Whereas normally we'd get them and they're not. 
Whereas this one, you look at it and you think, yes, I don't mind that. That if there's if you're going to categorise this, it's a. It's not yeah, Portsmouth at home. Yeah, but the Spurs game last year was uh, B. I think we got that wrong. I think we've now got it right because as, as it's shown, it's sold, it's sold out anyway. So, so well done, Ken. Well done, Ken. And to, to love you. To slightly balance it out, when I was looking on the official site earlier, they've got a big advert on the front page. Apparently, Coventry, you can you can sneak a child in there for as little as eleven pounds. I don't know where in the stadium that puts you. Probably behind the dugout, being <clears throat> you probably have to fill in some uh, some paperwork for Sean Harvey at the same time to to earn that kind of discount. But I think you'll find you can sneak a child in for nothing if you're clever. <laughs> you could throw them over the turnstile, could you? Indeed. So other stuff that's been happening. Twitter is expanding from a Leeds United point of view. On the back of uh, Ryan Babble becoming the first player to be charged by the FA due to a tweet, which was fantastic, by the way. Well done, Ryan Babble. Um, and that. Was it was it Aldershot Marvin Morgan? Mar- that wonderfully named Marvin Marvin Morgan, um, who tweeted that he hoped his home club's fans die. <laughs> well, they had booed him off. Them a fight. Whilst they're dead, that's not a challenge, is it? Well, it was because when people objected to him uh, declaring his hope for them to die overnight, he said, "Right, well, if you're not happy about me saying that, I'll be at the train. I'll be at the stadium nine o'clock tomorrow." I don't know if anybody turned up because it's the internet, so it's all talk. But. Um, <laughs> But we got the antidote to that at Leeds. Anyway, yes, yeah, so yeah, I was going to say on the back of all that, we've got Lloyd Sam, who's now joined the Twitter ranks, hasn't he? And uh, what a kindly gent he is as well. Yeah, he uh, he mentioned on Twitter, I think, that he was playing um, FIFA 11 and suddenly um, that attracted some interest. And so he, um, he organised um, a tournament um, amongst the first 16 people to talk to him on Twitter. Got to, he arranged the fixture list for them all to play each other and then play off against the winners of a similar tournament among the, the lead squad. It's like a coming together of the players and the fans um, through some sort of computer game. I don't know. I mean, is it on a computer, FIFA 11? I'm, I haven't had a computer since I had a yeah, Commodore they, 64. Yeah, they might take off, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's nice. that I mean, he doesn't appear to have lost a game yet, so there hasn't been an opportunity for him to wish death on any of our supporters. <laughs> but it seems all right. And the rest of them, they, they all seem quite mild. Um, when it was Andy O'Brien, after the Arsenal game, celebrated it with a, a fish and chips supper with uh, bread and butter and a mug of tea, which he seemed very proud of. And then he, um, and then one night... How terribly Yorkshire. And then he mentioned that he was off to bed to play Scrabble on his iPhone another evening, so... And who says that Twitter is pointless? Well, as long as... Yeah, exactly. You you find out these fascinating nuggets. So as long as I think... uh, As long as they keep Max Gradle away from it, nothing can possibly go wrong. There is a Max Gradle on there, but he stopped tweeting around October last year. And I don't know if it's the same Max Gradle that we know and love, but um, he seemed decidedly unangry. Um, happy birthday as well to the Twitter Whites, which is sort of a little online collective of uh, Leeds United fans on Twitter. It's their first birthday today as we are recording this, so uh, can, many happy returns to can you. Can a hashtag have a birthday? A hashtag, yeah. I don't understand the modern world, really, where a, a hashtag can celebrate, but um, I'm glad it's there. It is useful. Sorry, I'm eating a sweet. <laughs> Not so sexy voice now, are you? No. The professional standards never stop at this podcast recording. This sweet may be impeding my sexy voice, but the one that Michael's got <laughs> stuck up his nose is impeding his sexy face. <laughs> oh, another happy birthday then to Eddie Gray. It's his birthday today as well. A very worthy recipient of our congratulations. An absolute Leeds legend. That Burnley goal. Love it still. Both of them. And fan of the match. <laughs> And finally, a quick mention for Ken then. He's been on the phone, putting the fans right, the tax exile, telling people they don't attend enough games in the, in the United Kingdom. Yeah, he was contacted by a fan wrote to him to, to complain about ticket prices and rather than sort of 
um, take his comments on board. Ken just looked him up on the membership database and phoned him up and um, criticised his attendance record. <laughs> Customer service with a, um, a, a mad old man barking at you down the phone. <laughs> He's got a real habit of doing this. Rather than, rather than <clears throat> be held accountable in any kind of formal interview or you know, even in any sort of impartial media, he just brings people up off the cuff and berates them for not spending enough money. And he, he very much gets to pick his targets, doesn't he? Well, he's got your contact details that he's never chosen because you're just too formidable an opponent. <laughs> Interesting how the uh, the TV money, which we bemoaned a little bit earlier on in the season when we were on, on a Monday night against Cardiff, how that's now sort of swinging back the opposite way, really, that it's funded uh, McCartney and possibly something else in the ground, maybe another player, who knows. But you know, now the club are sort of championing the fact that Leeds are being exposed to the world and, and it demonstrates how far we've progressed. He was complaining there was no money in having our game switched for... TV and now they're all being. I mean, well, there Arsenal is now. It's, been... it's sold out, so he doesn't mind, does he? No, that's <laughs> true. And the other thing that that changed as well is how we went from when the season tickets were announced to um, we desperately need some more money into the club because all our costs have risen to about a fortnight later when he was in the London press instead uh, boasting about the half a million pound profit we were already running um, at the end of November. So there is an interesting divide in what he seems to be telling us in Yorkshire about how. Um, tight things are at the club and how every penny that he can uh, grasp from us is vital and what he tells them in London over lunch where uh, Leeds That's United probably before is... his gas bill had arrived. So with the Arsenal replay looming, let's talk a little bit about the magic of the cup just before we get knocked out. We've got a strange relationship with this and, and all the cups, haven't we? Um, I, I likened it today on, uh, on one of our round emails, wasn't it, that we're like the anti-Tottenham. We've, they've always been a cup side. Leeds... Never been, <laughs> never been a cup side. I wonder why that is. It's probably a gypsy curse. Everything else can possibly be traced back to it. Maybe our luck will change this year. This does seem like a season when um, I know the, the pressure of um, a promotion from uh, from the championship. I think, as we said before, having seen a um, Premier League away stadium, not that arse win the cup instead, stay down. That'll be a chuckle. <laughs> just just forget about the forget about the league, Simon. It is upsetting when you think of all the good sides we've had since 1972 and yet bloody Portsmouth have won it very recently and we we not even got close to it for years well I, the last um, five six years have actually been dire I mean the first time we ever ended in the first round against Hereford we lost in front of 10,000 people 11,000 same thing second round Histon and then before that we weren't getting past the third round dull boring times so there is no magic there is the <laughs> <line>. <laughs> well, there's been so. You can't um, tell me that there wasn't magic at Old Trafford last year. That was the magic of the cup. That was the return of the magic. It saved ITV's it? bloody shoddy broadcasting for a season, didn't it? And before that, we hadn't really. Uh... Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even come close to, to winning it since 86-87, which I think is the last sort of properly glorious attempt at the FA Cup that we had. That was a fine, a fine season. A season of nearlies, but... Keith Edwards, what a hero! Super sub, super sub. The footage of that run on YouTube's oh. brilliant. With all the, when you can see the crowd all falling in a heap down the front of the terrace and everything. It looks looks like good times. Was well, that um, QPR home games? Probably one of the last times when um, there were actually people on top of the houses outside Elland Road, looking over the hill next to the low field, so they mm. could see a, a bit of the pitch. And they were said um, Brendan Ormsby was said after he scored that header that if the cop hadn't been there, he just would have run straight, <laughs> kept going. And it's funny other- that, isn't it? Because it, it's a it's a one off win in the FA Cup against a team from a high division. Not a remarkable team by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's got a little place in Leeds United folklore, hasn't it? As a as a big day. Well, I think because prior to um, Dennis Wise, that was one of the worst periods in Leeds United's history. The whole eighties, just um, of a, a gloryless grind to try and find some way some way back, and then there we were suddenly at, at Hillsborough. We were within minutes of getting to a, um, a cup final when Brendan Ormsby uh, forgot everything he knew about defending and didn't clear it out for a corner. It was heartbreaking. I have, I have to confess that I cried that day. It's one of the few times I've cried at a football match. You were about six years old, though, weren't you? <laughs> uh, I was eight. Yeah. Sissy. <laughs> yeah. I have to uh, say, one of the few matches that I actually really regret not seeing um, when I had a chance to go to Ellen Road was the QPR one as well from that cup run that season. Uh, one of the other ones being Bristol Rovers at home for the promotion last year. But the QPR match, I went to somebody's birthday party at the swimming baths instead of going to that QPR game. And I still regret it to this day. Sorry. Did you have a choice? Yeah. Did you? All right. Yeah. You idiot. <laughs> There's some, something about that cup run which I think maybe makes me think um, it'd be worth trying to repeat now that I do being in a, a <clears throat> lower division. Um, and yet pulling yourselves up through through the FA Cup, it's an opportunity to, to get glory, which is where that magic of the Cup comes from. And then, of course, Scum just end up winning it anyway. But it's nice to think that we could try and uh, It's fair to say that we've, we've really been the magic of the Cup or the largest proportion of it this season and last. Throughout the last 50 years, we've just been on the wrong end of it, That's right. <laughs> mainly. We have had some bad results, haven't we? Well, we've got a long history yeah. with Arsenal, so we've only won the blooming thing once. Obviously, as we know, 1972, fantastic, centenary and all that, which is why the centenary pavilion at Ellen Road is called the centenary pavilion. Oh, is that why? That's why. Uh... Not because we're 100 years old, because that's not for another nine or ten years yet. Not for eight or nine, rather, because we're in 2011 now. Yeah, we've only won it once in all that time. And we do have a history of shocking defeats, really, don't we? Well, Sunderland was the big one, <coughs> 73 Cup final, when um, it was supposed to be easy for us. Unfortunately, they had a really good goalkeeper. And a really good team as well. When you get the, the montage every year in the third round, it's mainly mm. us against Colchester, us against Histon, us against Cardiff. You get Hereford, Newcastle. Well. Hereford, Newcastle. Then it's, then it's just bloody us. Us against Sunderland. Why can't anyone else big lose? <laughs> 
What is it about our relationship with the cup? Are we are we just chokers? Is that what it is? Are we historically a club that chokes? It's like that stat that we've lost. I can't remember it exactly, but we've lost something like our last ten finals we've been in or something, including playoffs and cups right back to seventy five. Oh God! What have, <laughs> what have we signed up for? We're just not good on that one off game situation, are we? Well, at least in those days we got there. True. Whereas um, yeah. the the time since has been quite a barren. We've been quite a long way from glory. I think the the nearest in my memory was um, Wolves when they knocked us out in the sixth round. Don, Don Goodman's penalty while uh, oh no, because yeah. Don Goodman scored, and then it was um, Hasselbank missed the penalty whilst Keith Curl was throwing mud at him. The dirty cheat. Forgiveness. That Never. Was, that that was, was on telly as well. That was, yeah, that was no a particularly gutting game as well because I thought that may, might have been our year that year. We came, Get Wolves we came, out of the way. We came close, yeah. And uh, Hasselbank would have been unstoppable. He might have stayed then as well if we had a trophy. European football could have given him the pay rise he wanted. We'd never have um... signed Darren Huckabee. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to But I think, I think even back then, Hasselbank, from what I understand, was asking for something stupid like it was 80 grand a week. But or maybe the magic of the cup would have made him see that there's more important things in life than money. Do you want to know what the irony is? Peter Ridsdale said no. That's <laughs> the irony. For the last time he said no to anybody. Time, yeah. um, just on that Oxford game, that was what, 90. 94, was it? Uh, when uh, they took us to a replay and beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Weatherall save us at Oxford? I believe it was a late Weatherall header. He got us out of trouble like he did so many times, the legend. It's the replay, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the replay. Of course, we, we were losing until the last minute. We scored twice in the last minute, didn't we? I think even, was Carlton Palmer the other scorer? Or was this just crazy talk? No, we hadn't, <laughs> we hadn't bought him then, so it couldn't have been. But yeah, we, um, we pulled it back at the death, two in injury time. And we thought, brilliant, we're going to go on and win this. We've saved this. Snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And now, lo and behold, we went and leaded it in in, um, in extra time. But no, one that sticks in the memory, actually, is the 95-96 season, which was also a quarter-final, the one at home to Liverpool. And that was a period of time when the Leeds team was, it was particularly dour under Howard Wilkinson. And the attendance was just shy of 25,000. That, that one was on the TV as well. And I remember uh, the reason the attendance was so low, it was on TV and 5,000 Liverpool fans there. So under 20,000 Leeds fans at Ellen Road for an FA Cup uh, quarterfinal. And it's because the tickets were £25. I can still remember. No one will ever pay that for a football ticket. It's ridiculous. And that's why the attendance was so bad. I can remember being there, sat in the East Stand thinking... What a shame. I remember we played Port Vale in the Cup as well, and they because you've got to agree a ticket price with the away team, and they'd insisted it was high price ticket, and there was I think there's about 15,000 there for that. There is that... Um... It's rubbish in it, the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is that element that has been uh, devalued in, in recent years, and if if you are sort of choosing a game, and you it's almost inevitable that Leeds are going to get knocked out, then it's, well, sorry, I was won't go at the extra expense you can understand it. the appeal of a third round draw against Wigan being being minimal as it was in 2005 third round match uh, 15, pe- 15 people 15 people came to the replay they brought <laughs> they brought a thousand mates each but, um, but that, it's, it's a lot Gary diff- Kelly scored that one he's got the absolute Ooh, it might have been it's yeah. a lot different though from, I mean our record attendance is still a, a replay against Sunderland 67 which was um, I think that's one where they had people on the roof they had, I think the actual capacity of the ground was only 50,000 and they squeezed in many, many more. I was on holiday for that. Um... What, in 1967? No, I was, I was a mere twinkle. <laughs> the oddity take you. Yeah. I think my dad was 10 then. Um, <laughs> no, I um, I was on holiday for that uh, that Wigan replay that was on Sky, wasn't it? It was on like a Monday or a Tuesday night or something silly like that. I was on holiday and got up at about 
four or five in the morning to watch it. Girlfriend wasn't pleased. I think it is a shame about it becoming devalued and not just the FA Cup, but all cups and just generally winning things doesn't seem to be high on anyone's priority list anymore. People want to either stay in the Premiership or get in the Champions League yeah. and nothing else, which is crap. It's really boring. You, <laughs> no one's going to remember these years of when people said, oh, we, do you remember that decade we got to the Champions League quarterfinals every year? We didn't win anything, did we? Oh, no, no. no. We, just, we just kind of ticked along. People doing open top bus tours after the top half Premiership finish. Well, the, the Cup Winners' Cup as well, the death of that perhaps had a bearing on it. Was Chelsea the last club to win that? Yes. It was about that time, wasn't it? Strike it from the record. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's annoying is we would have won all three had we not been cheated in 73 and cheated in 75, yeah. all three of the European trophies. But yeah, the, for the younger listeners who may be listening, there was a thing called the Cup Winners' Cup where the winners <laughs> of the Cups from each country played in a competition which they scrapped in favour of making the Champions League the horrible monster that it is today. And the UEFA Cup now, or whatever it's called now, is... Europa League. Completely irrelevant because teams play reserve sides in that and try their best to get knocked out of it. Having spent a whole season saying, oh, it'll be good, we'll qualify for Europe. When they bloody play in Europe, they then play a load of kids because they want to rest Emil Heskey for Stoke away. They end up playing almost a full season's games just in the Europa League anyway, don't they? It's like a, a knockout competition. Football's been ruined. <laughs> That's where the mixed feelings about that. Um, there's a, a standout game in 1991 when um, we played Arsenal 17 times for the right <laughs> to go through the next round. It was four times. 0-0, 1-1, 0-0, of all that are on YouTube and are worth a look if you want to see um, some extended footage of Leeds when they were just back in the first division. But That's there was, a, there was every expect, expectation that that would go on for months. It looked that, that way. I went, I went to the home games, I remember those, and uh, it was... Um... It was so, the two sides were so evenly matched. It was untrue. We just they literally cancelled each other out. It was George Graham's Arsenal, obviously, but really, really fascinating in terms of uh, a matchup for two teams. But not many goals. No, not really. And I think by the end as well, they were the teams were absolutely knackered. I think the last game was a bit of a um, patch them up, and um, Leeds just were more tired than Arsenal, and that's why we why we lost. But we're getting a bit of glory back, as Michael said. The scum game last year and. Um, Arsenal on Saturday seemed like a, a glorious draw. <laughs> <laughs> if such a thing exists, yeah. We've come a long way since Histon, is what I'm trying to say, and I think it's maybe reinvigorated the competition a bit for us. And nice to not have to be, be involved in the early rounds now. We can go in go in with the proper teams again. It was a bit insulting having to... <laughs> <coughs> not, not, make not, not that we're being arrogant. No. no, but come on. Is that why we let them knock us out? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not even making the third round was a... We couldn't be bothered. We know we're not going to win it. I mean, we might. No, I mean, I don't mean now. I meant back then. We might have get past Histon when the big boys are out. (laughs) We could have done anything. Yeah, having said that, uh, I'm going to completely contradict myself now because having said that the Arsenal game made us feel a bit more cup magic. Being drawn against Huddersfield in the next round immediately drained all the joy from the competition forevermore. Because it'll be a dour tight. Well, half the point of getting promoted was so that we didn't have your horrible little dogs yapping at our asses. And now, now they're all going to be humping our leg <laughs> once again. Yeah. But at least it means we're straight through to somebody's cup final, and they're going to enjoy their day out either well, way, whether it's us or them. Well, even then, it's um, it's a moral quandary because. It's a blank weekend for the next round, so we don't suffer any fixture congestion from entertaining these uh, half-breeds. Um, <laughs> but um, if they, uh, if, if we beat them, as we have to, because losing to them is beyond contemplation, then the next round clashes with the Norwich game. So then the Norwich game will inevitably get moved to a, a Tuesday night and we'll lose. 
So <laughs> we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a bind, and it's all Huddersfield's fault. I wouldn't mind if we could, I'd, I'd gladly go out the next round if we were playing. I don't know somebody realistic like Bayern Munich, but Huddersfield's just not not what I want from the FA. Cup. Yeah, and if we get knocked out by Arsenal, we don't have to see Lee Clark's stupid face. Well, this is it, and the, the miserable Geordie accent. If they're planning on bringing that mascot with them, and I mean, oh, I'd pay uh, to see that. I mean, well, I mean, Ben Fry left to marshal both that mascot and uh, <laughs> Lucas the cop cat. So cat it might be dog. It might be a bit much for him to take on at once. Cop cat versus. Terrier to the death. It's called, it's called Terry. Terry, Terry the, the Terrier. Terrier. All right, Lucas the Copcat versus Terry the Terrier to the death. Mixed martial arts, we'll say, maybe. <laughs> Lucas wins. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. It's on LUTV. It's a leopard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, put it the other way. It's a leopard versus a Yorkshire Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what martial arts that dog thinks it knows. Anyway, that's the magic of the cup now, isn't it? Mascots fighting. <laughs> <laughs> How football's changed. <laughs> So that potential FA Cup tie against Huddersfield may be on the way in the next couple of weeks. One that is coming up for certain. In fact, it's the only one that we're certain is coming up uh, before we next speak to the listener is Portsmouth away. Anyone going to this or is it too far away? I did have a ticket, but I have sent it back because I'm poor. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> we owe them a good spanking after they stole points at our place and they won't have David Webb, presumably. Hopefully not. On their side this time, so... Yeah, that's just, we, we can beat them. I'm sure if David Webb's not available, they can find another Leeds-hating referee at short notice to uh, fix it for them. For some reason, my mind keeps going back to see when, when we, we hit them 6-1 in the FA Cup, when um, Bruno Ribeiro scored that game, and and, and and so now I'm just lost in the reverie of the brilliance of Bruno Ribeiro, or as I like to call him, the Portuguese John Giles. Um, and yeah, and so I hope that we wear the white home shirt with blue shorts. That's all I want out of that game. Win, lose or draw, I do not care. I want to see us wear the white home kit with blue shorts. Are we right in thinking there may be another kit change on the way because the website has slashed prices on the yellow and the white kit? It'd be Ooh. nice to think it was just a generous sale. I'm sure it... that's what it is. Leeds United do not do generous sales, not under this regime. You're no. very cynical, Dan. So think of the magnificent savings that can be had with your £600 season ticket. Well, the um, the, the home kit with its plain um, whiteness has proved to be incredibly popular, I think. So um, So they won't be able to sell many more of those. So we'll have to get a new one that everybody... Uh, Everybody hates but reluctantly buys. But this is all... Window dressing around the fact that we used to play in white and white shirts and blue shorts at one time. Only for away games when there was a clash. Well, and particularly the uh, Thistle Hotels kit was, was prone to that. So mm. then we'd have a hoop and different coloured shorts. It's variety. I, for one, like it. So we're in the old yellow for Portsmouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> coming up on the 22nd of January. How do we feel this, this one's going to go? We... we should have had the beating of him at Ellen Road, but they again, they're still on the up. We did beat him at Ellen Road, really. Moral victory. Moral victory. <laughs> as good as, yeah. Is and this we... going to start mark the start of another, this well, the Scunthorpe game anyway, is it going to mark the start of another big run towards the end of the season and a glorious promotion? Do you think you say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually posted on the Square Ball Forum today that I fancy, I don't know why, but we're going to get promoted You did, yes, I saw that. Yeah. I got the impression you've that you've gone out of your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. I probably have, and I'm probably now hanging myself completely out to dry by saying that on this podcast. But I fancy we, I don't know. You've not properly looked at the remaining fixtures, have you? I think they're gonna, I don't know. I've got, I've, I've got a feeling. Well, not just now, Dan. No, sorry. <laughs> well, this league is so simple, not quite as simple as the last league we were in, but people do. People are dropping points left, right and centre. A team going on a run. It's true. A few weeks ago, we thought we'd 20 points behind Cardiff at the end of the season. And as it is, I think we're two points behind them now. And QPR have dropped points 
quite a few times. So, ah, you never know, do you? Everyone, everybody's beating everybody. I think we've got a good squad. I think we've got strength in depth. Maybe we're lacking in one or two areas, but we seem to be determined to win by field in a five-man attack <laughs> every game or six-man attack. I, I think we can do it. I think we've got enough to beat any team in this league, apart from Cardiff. <laughs> we've also had the potential to lose to any team as well. I think those days are gone. I think, as we've yeah. spoken about in the last few podcasts, the fear's gone, the playing with confidence. And after the run we've had, ignoring the one Cardiff game, you know, we're, we're absolutely flying at the minute. I think the problem with this league is all the things you, you talk about that are advantages because this is such a, a weird division don't actually count for shit because we could just go into a game bristling with confidence and just throw it away the way that QPR have, have done when they've uh, they've been beaten by surprise. We threw two um, goals away at Leicester, three goals away against Portsmouth. We're just never that far away from, from another... <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too near at hand to think that... Um, that we're going to be able to have another consistent run. Well, my, my wild prediction is based on the theory of getting another decent midfielder in and probably a defender to a centre-half. That's what I'd like to see. I think we're done with centre-halves. I think we've got all the ones we're going to get this year. Get, you think? Yeah. Like them and lump them. Well, I don't know. I've, we've I never heard of them too. Have you signed them? <laughs> From the Czech Republic, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I think we've got we've got the potential to go up. I think I don't, I'm not meaning we to have, say that we'll definitely, half definitely the division. Go up. They've all got potential to go up. I mean, where have Watford come from? Just, Just outside London. London. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, too easy. Yeah. But they're um, they're marching their way towards promotion, and yeah, it's. Um, I wish I shared your delusions. A lot of it will hinge on keeping players fit as well. Because if Snodgrass broke his leg, all of a sudden I would feel less optimistic. And likewise, if O'Brien all of a sudden picked up a, a bad injury and was out for a few months. We'd be back to the same old defence that was leaking goals everywhere. So I, I don't know. We, there's a chance we'll do it, but as Moscow said, there's a chance about nine other clubs will do it as well. Don't you get your hopes up too high? That's all saying, Dan. I'm not. I've, I've learned. We now. don't. We don't I'm, want you to be disappointed at the end of the season. <laughs> having, having followed Leeds for the vast majority of my Santa years, Santa can't bring you everything. <laughs> the vast majority of my years, I've learned not to expect anything. But I've just got a funny feeling about this season. It's got. A, it's got a, a feeling about it. It's a Leeds season, is this one? Well, don't come crying to us when you're wrong. That's <laughs> well, the last day of the season when you're walking around a field when I'm middle of nowhere with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> again, oh, no, it'll be drunk and crying at Wembley probably. I've done it again. Choking. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll manage to get over it, I think. Let's assume that the Huddersfield game is going ahead against our better judgment. Isn't it just a blooming inconvenience? Well, it won't because we've jinxed it now by by saying it's going to happen. So that's um so we can we're like trapped in a, a postmodern time warp of if we talk about it it won't happen, but if we don't talk about it, it will happen and we won't have previewed it. What well, do we do? How do we get out of this? I hate Huddersfield. I never used to hate Huddersfield, so we had to start bloody playing him yeah. so I realise they hated us yeah I don't hate Huddersfield they're just an annoying inconvenience yeah I think that's the thing answer. they really hate us but when, when we stood at the away game last time we were down there they're just, they're just so full of vitriol for us and you're just thinking what's, that, what's wrong with you people when this draw came out and they were all looking forward to the you know the the trip to the to the big ground of Elland Road like, don't you want to go to the Emirates so they've got padded seats and you can have a panini you can get a salad it might be one of your five a day <laughs> five a month in uh, Huddersfield, if you're optimistic. Your dog. Well, assuming this game that won't go ahead does go ahead, it's going to be a 12 noon kickoff on the Sunday, isn't it? Sunday the 30th. I, I may glance at it. <laughs> 
I may honour it with a little if we beat passing Arsenal, attention. If we beat Arsenal, it's absolutely guaranteed that we'll lose to Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, we're all agreed on that. Guaranteed. Yeah. There's um, an ITV so far. Perhaps they will for the replay. They haven't played up the Herbert Chapman angle because he's obviously football didn't actually uh, start until the Champions League and all that. Of course, so I'd forgotten mm. he uh, he's he's nothing compared to Alex Ferguson. Yeah. That all mean research. Withdraw, yeah, I withdraw. And they're as good at research as we are. I noticed on them. Um, let's just slag off ITV instead of talking about the Huddersfield game. I noticed on their uh, their um, highlights program for the FA Cup that when they show the when they move from the first half to the second half, they don't show any graphic to indicate they're just the team just starts shooting at the other end. That's it's, them trusting the viewer. It's well, the, the viewer, me, was uh, horrendously disorientated, and a little bit drunk, so I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought no wonder Newcastle were losing because they were shooting in uh, shooting in the wrong goal. It's like anyway. falling asleep and missed half an hour and in. Exactly, and now everything's everything's turned around, everything's backwards. It's like I was expecting Chris Cross to perform in the studio <laughs> with it's their trousers historical on. Historical reference for you there, you youngsters. Well, if you will let me speak, I'm, I'm going to mention Chris Cross at some point, <laughs> if you let me go on like that. Uh, yeah, FA Cup, we've spoken about the magic of it. It's, there is none. No, not... Not, no, we want to. We just want to concentrate on the league. Oh, the league's boring. Let's win it the FA boring. Cup. Unless, of course, we beat Arsenal and then beat Huddersfield, in which case it will be a, a little a bit very magic. Magical. Fifth round, yeah. and we could win the whole damn thing. Who's going to be standing in our way then? Let's not let a fear of losing make us have a downer on the whole thing. We might beat both of these. Yeah. After after poo pooing your daft idea that we may get promotion this season, as far as we're concerned. Cups nailed on. Well, that's the thing. In a way, I'd rather just lose to Arsenal, get it out of the way. We don't have to play the dog botherers. We can just concentrate on playing the whole game. And they're pretty much like the dog botherers in terms of how much they hate us. Do you think that'll be Grayson's team talk on Wednesday night? What, about dog botherers? No, it's about not asked. Yeah. Go out there and lose so we don't have to play on this field. <laughs> Annoy 30-odd thousand people. Yeah. Keep it to 1-0. Well, yeah, it's like the first. We'd, we would take a respectable defeat, the um, negative bastards that we are. <laughs> It's, it's a win-win-lose-lose. Lose. It's a game of football. It's yeah. def- what it definitely... Unless it doesn't happen, in which case, um, the last well, five minutes of the conversation <laughs> have been... <laughs> I just lost to the ether. We previewed a game that's, that never happened. I hope we beat Arsenal, because otherwise I'll probably end up getting forced to go to Ikea or something on that Saturday, which would be not worth, not worth the, uh, the time. I, I can't believe you'd ever set foot in Ikea on a Saturday. It's like a war zone. I'm joking, but I wouldn't. I'll feign illness. <laughs> So yes, after that razor-sharp analysis, uh, we will move on to our mailbag. We've had a couple of uh, blooming lovely messages this time, haven't we? Somebody, somebody want to read out the uh, the nice one from Jay Mansa? Yes, Jay sent us a lovely message on Facebook. He said that he just listened to the latest excellent pod. He's been listening since number one. Not being from Leeds, I rely on you guys for all my inside info on the greatest club in the land. Um, personal message to Jay we don't have any inside no, info no, whatsoever it's just mindless conjecture <laughs> yeah we, we've, we've got Wikipedia and um, and um, a lot of bluster um, but anywho informative and entertaining that's us um, <laughs> thanks for all your hard work again Jay I don't want to shatter any illusions um, we just uh, anyway all our hard work he's grateful for it for getting all things Leeds United out to the masses it is much appreciated I bet Yorkshire Radio never get a message like that <laughs> no in, in all honesty joking aside thank you Jay it, is, it warms the cockles and it's nice to receive things like that we're glad we're conning you wholesale into thinking <laughs> we know what we're doing <laughs> another message been asked uh, to give a shout out by Jez Scott got in touch via Facebook um, and asked if he would give a very public shout-out to his baby brother, Matt Scott. The reason being, he says... He says, not me, this is. I was 50 a couple of weeks back, and he got me Lucas's book, signed by the man himself, 
wishing me a happy 50th. What a present. Undoubtedly one of the best ones I've ever had. And for Christmas he got me a signed copy of Johnny Giles' book. He does recognise here that even though we're saying thank you to for him, he, we shouldn't do this generally speaking. And says, uh, <laughs> we'll turn it out into a, like a request and a shout out. Yeah, so. he says it might turn into a Jimmy Young show or something. So uh, anyway, keep up the good work, he says. So it's, it's mainly a shout out to his brother, but nobody else is, the, is his rule, <laughs> yes. basically. So he's, he's obviously from the Ken Bates school of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> the £20 note that he sent with his request did help. So anybody yeah. else that's thinking that? That, way? that is from Jess Scott. Thank you, Jess. Happy to uh, to oblige and well done, Matt Scott, for being super brother. Uh, somebody who has to get a dishonourable mention, one something that I would call a Leeds United crime committed by Fraser Dainton, who is one of the reporters for Sky Sports News and evidently a, a podcast listener. He's, uh, he's on Twitter. He made the criminal description of the red team from across the Pennines Simply as United. Hang him. On Twitter. It's not acceptable. Flogging is too good for that man. Unless it's on Sky Sports and it's pay-per-view. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, to be fair, I did. I picked, up, picked him up on it and chastised him on that and he just said it was force of habit. Cause I think he's, 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 he's That's not, even worse, though. Yeah, if he yeah. does it on a regular basis, he's digging himself up even if more. If he said it was a typo, yeah, that would be more acceptable. A one-off, a one-off slip of the tongue. So, Fraser Dayton, go sit somewhere and have a think about what you've done. You've let yourself down. You've let Leeds United down. The real United. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, grass up anybody in the media, anything like that, you can email us via podcast at thesquareball.net. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. It's facebook.com forward slash thesquareball and twitter.com forward slash thesquareball. The all important thing to remind you about now then is issue six of the Squareball magazine has gone on sale. It went on sale versus Scunthorpe's on Saturday. Let's hear about it, gentlemen. The highlight for me is um, Trezor Candle's Adventures in Spain, which is, um, I think a lot of people are expecting this to be a, a similar Gary McSheffrey type piss take, but it's a, it is actually a, a factual account of what Trezor did in Spain. It's, which, all, it's almost unbelievable. It, is, it does more or less involve pretending to be injured and going to nightclubs, but it's, it's, it's entertaining. As I said, the truth is stranger than fiction. Certainly, is he? he uh, yeah, it, it came off of um, the Square Ball Forum where we were being updated with his lack of progress and it just got funnier and funnier um and how our good readers get to read it all at once and they can read um they can read about um leads in 1997 going to america and and also not really doing anything of any note but that's <laughs> another good good article the uh, uh whites in washington tour and video the video isn't included by the way for any <laughs> anyone who's disappointed the cover story on this issue is uh, it's a name I can't pronounce, but it's by thebeatinggeneration.co.uk and it's called Looking for Kitabjian, I think is the pronunciation. It's the French referee who refereed the 1975 European Cup final. Franz Beckenbauer refereed that final. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about his uh, his little secret that he wasn't involved in controversy with Donny Lee United. There were others that uh, bore the brunt of his, uh, his deeds. Well worth a read is that. Strange, he's got such an honest face. No, he hasn't. He looks, <laughs> <laughs> he looks born to hang the man. Did his eyes are far too close together. In there, Steve Firth's rather controversial article uh, about our hatred of the red lot and uh, your response in there, Moscow. Well, Steve seemed to um, disapprove of um, Leeds United supporters' strong dislike. Should we put it for him for a team from Salford? that we're, we're all um, far too familiar with and didn't seem to understand that there was any basis of it and that um, I would spot him in that people who, who perhaps hate scum more than they love leads a little misguided but it, it was felt that it needed some balance um, which I 
hope to have provided by pointing out what a terrible shower of of just contemptible i mean i've got it open now and apologies if any small children are planning on reading the issue but there is a photograph of gary neville so <laughs> parental guidance uh, is is advised but yeah so it's two sides of the uh, of the the view from Elland road of um, of the theater of wet dreams but unlike other uh, leeds united based media there is two views there are yes steve is perfectly entitled to his uh, wrong opinion <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't mean. Yeah, so you can you can weigh weigh up the um, weigh up the two arguments and decide I'm right. Yep. Pros and the pros. Yeah. If you like uh, misery, then you can also read your 2002-2003 uh, season part two review, Moscow, oh, which yes. was when Venables, uh, when PRP, when yeah. we thought everything was all right because we got John McKenzie and Peter Reed. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, as part of it, I was looking through an old square ball from that season. You named um, they called it the funniest team sheet in the world: <laughs> Robinson, Hart, Dubry, Lukic, Mills, Barnby, Ocon, Burns, Backer, Wilcox, and Viduka. It's always to Peter Reed's credit that we ended up staying up that season, but um, it's not it's not happy reading. But it, it is it is reading. <laughs> it is true. That's true. <laughs> oh, and we've got um, uh, getting pissed with Johnny Giles, which is uh, which is definitely entertainment if you're looking for some. If you'd like to read all those things, you can buy it online uh, via the squareball.net forward slash shop. The magazine also available to buy at home games uh, at the corners of the ground from uh, from Michael and from Oddie. That's right. <coughs> you lucky men. Uh, get the digital download in PDF version via the squareball.net forward slash shop. You can buy subscriptions and all sorts on there. Plenty on there to get your teeth into. And it's a brand new website as well. You can have a look at our new blog, which will be swinging into action in the forthcoming week or so. And if you'd like to write for us, then as long as you can string a sentence together, then get in touch. And with all that said, then, we will say our goodbye. So goodbye from me and from Michael Normanton. Bye-bye. Moscow White. Bye-bye. And Oddie. Bye-bye. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Get in touch with us. Email podcast at thesquareball.net. Find us on Facebook. Tweet us, if you like, on Twitter. As always, thanks for listening. We'll return in a fortnight and speak to you on Podcast 23. ta The Squareball Podcast. He does have a reputation for if you if you contact him, he will um, call you back, which I'm not sure is necessarily what you always want. But um, they, I think in this, ah, oh, fucking hell, no, no, not happy with my performance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Bradley Johnson. I know a lot's at stake. I just can't produce. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.